2: hello and welcome to the 297th episode of the slow ride podcast this is Tim in Orlando
0: and this is Matt in Minneapolis
1: and this is Spencer in Boston you guys the weather has been just atrocious for riding my bike I don't know why uh, I've been doing it but I have... It's been cold and windy, and I'm out there on skinny tires on pavement, which goes against everything that News tells me is cool right now.
2: I will will say I am surprised that you're riding, but I'm not for the reason why. And that's because old little guy over there in Minneapolis had to open his mouth and say, hey, I'm going to beat you guys in our own Everest challenge. That may take a month for us to (laughs) complete because some riders are doing it on Zwift in like about 12 hours yeah crazy um so that gets me to it that uh oh let me check strava uh. mm, i'm in the lead uh how, is, how is a guy in central florida in the lead well guys i don't know
0: tim tell us because we've got some conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah
2: well i did my part to destroy the environment by driving 45 minutes to the west of orlando to the lovely town of mineola or claremont as it's known and As as we've talked about, there are some climbs west of Orlando, Mm -hmm. and so I called up local Cat One superhero, Tick Bowen, and he gave me a nice little route because at one time he did a hundred mile ride out there and got ten thousand feet of climbing, but basically riding the same road that looked like (laughs) basically a saddle. So it was just like you know down one hill, up, turn around, and back.
0: Yeah.
2: So I did that for a while. uh, Eventually, got way too busy with traffic uh, because. This used to be the orange groves mm-hmm. that are now getting just single track housing everywhere. So I did find my own little road a little bit off the beaten path. And every time I would do a lap on this road that's about two miles long, I would get like 300 feet of elevation. So it's good game. I just started hitting it. And then I get back to the car and I had 53,000 feet <laughs> on my Brighton <laughs> aero cycling computer, which... Is unfallible calculation. Mm-hmm. Like this is a hundred percent correct calculation. Uh-huh. But man, is this a trash computer? <laughs> Never buy anything from Brighton because this thing wouldn't upload to Strava. So I had to depend on my Garmin watch, uh-huh. which shorted me about eight hundred feet of elevation.
0: Hmm, a lot of dodgy computers involved here. And this sudden uh, Florida guy jumped to the front of the <laughs> front of the line. So
2: depending on how you guys want to count this, I'm either eight hundred feet more or i'm at 4500 feet so
0: i think we always uh, count the lower number obviously
2: of course yeah you would. strava
1: is going to be the official record uh keeper here of this so
2: well you you will be happy to know that i emailed brighton to see how i could get this off because there's no way to plug this thing in to a computer
1: seems like really? a really good computer <laughs> It's yeah. total trash.
0: Weren't Brighton, the computer company that like Quick Step was riding a few years ago and then midway through the season, yeah. none of their riders had them on their bikes anymore?
2: Yes. I wonder why. Yeah. So I'm winning. I'm doing my part to win the Everest challenge. The little guy, how are you? How's it coming along for you?
0: You know, it's going pretty good. I uh, I, I thought I was pretty confident and I uh, I jumped out. I thought I thought to an early lead. I did a couple big rides. Um, kind of blew myself up pretty good. And I I just don't – I'm not as confident as I used to be. Uh, Spencer has done two rides, and he has a lot of miles. I believe he's beating me.
1: Yeah, uh, we got a uh, – you know, some hills around here. I was – you know, earlier when I said I was um, um, riding, and, and I don't know what I was doing, I, I was lying to you because I do know what I was doing. I was like – I don't know why little guy brought this challenge because <laughs> clearly I am a shoe in to win this. Even if I haven't been riding my bike mm. in two years, uh, there's no way I can lose because I've got the elevation right here at my fingertips. Um, Minnesota does have some river Valley climbs that little guy could go get, but they're, yeah. they're all going to equal 60, 70 mile rides. Yeah. And I just, I just don't see them, uh, doing too <laughs> many of those. So uh, what I did not expect, however, was Tim to put his Garmin watch apparently in the uh, emergency phone box in the elevator of some building somewhere near Orlando and send it up to the 30th floor 25 times in a row to get whatever (laughs) elevation he just uh, magically got in Florida.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. It seems dodgy, Tim. Seems really dodgy. Especially after the day before, I think you did an 18 mile ride that was what, like, 10 feet,
2: 95 feet of climbing. Yeah. I think when I when I got back, and so it was 95 feet, and then I was completely shocked when I saw Spencer's post that he was, it was a selfie. Like Spencer took a selfie on the bike, and I was like, "Well, that's not staged. Like he's seriously <laughs> out there on a bike. This yeah. is, uh, we got ourselves a problem."
1: Yeah, we both did about 18 miles that day, Tim. You got the 95 feet, and I got the 1200. So. I was feeling really pretty good, and uh, now I've got to, you know I've got to email Strava and get them to figure out how you hacked into their system and uh, <laughs> edit all these feet.
2: Yeah, we will see how this goes down, but uh, I think I'm gonna win, boys. I think I have a good shot.
0: Well, uh, well Spencer, do you have any um, secret weapons?
1: I've got so many secret weapons, but I'm gonna keep them secret.
0: <laughs> oh, you're gonna—you don't even want to divulge. I know. I mean, we know about one of your secret weapons. Supposedly, you're not gonna—you don't wanna.
1: Well, keep I this don't in your back it. I don't even have it yet, so I can't really speak okay.
0: to it. I—I I gotta admit, uh, when you when you tell what the secret weapon is next week, uh, when you told us about it, I really thought about jumping on my bike right at that moment and crushing 12 hours before you even got the secret <laughs> weapon. <laughs> Cause I thought that would be the, as much, as much as that would be the most miserable day of my life. Um, yeah. it would have been hilarious <laughs> to be like, Oh, did you get it? Check Strava dude.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, okay. We'll save that, I guess for the next episode when it's locked and loaded.
2: You think that that secret weapon is going to be ready by then?
0: I think it's a motivator. That's what I'm worried about. I think it's going to motivate uh, him even more. <laughs> yeah, it might be motiv- motivated.
1: <laughs> maybe. maybe.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to maybe get an independent source to check this out, too. I mean, there's a lot of dodgy stuff going on here.
2: There are. So speaking of dodgy, <laughs> we got ourselves some Zwift racing that must be dodgy because friend of the podcast, Lewis Mentis won a race. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how did that work, Tim?
1: When's the last time you heard that guy's name uh, mentioned in a a, a bike racing context that wasn't, hey, whatever happened to Lewis Mentes?
2: Well, I was thinking like, I I thought you were going to go, Spencer. When was the last time you heard that guy's name? When was the last time you heard Lewis Mentes mentioned when Mm -hmm. it wasn't part of the 10 future stars of cycling Uh list?
0: I I, I saw some pictures of him baking bread when his quarantine started. There you go. Um, and what team is he racing for now? What do you mean? Oh, NTT, a, man. Dude, oh, Bjarni, I think we can know why. Bjarni is now his director sportif, <laughs> so it's the Bjarni magic, man.
2: Bjarni's yeah. just cranked that trainer setting up to 60%. <laughs> he's, well, he's crushing it. I mean, it out
0: there's there. been a lot of. There's. I'm not. Well, we shouldn't throw this around too lightly, but obviously the testing regimens are not exactly what they'd normally be right now.
1: I can assume so. And, you know, he has put himself right back in the public eye with the uh, uh, dominating victory at the Tour of All uh, on Zwift. So,
2: um, yeah. Yeah. Big, big so, accolades there. It's a good job for Lewis Mentes. Let's get back to Bjarne Reese. When he was on <laughs> C, when he was head of CSC, mm-hmm. wasn't he one of the first? Like, because I know Garmin, or at that point, was what? chipotle slipstream was the first one to sign up for like internal testing Uh (laughs) uh-huh did Uh, the csc have their own like biological passport type thing
0: i think they did later on i don't think in the first boss in the basso era they did i think that was later on like when it was Schleck's sastra sastra yeah
2: because sastra is the only tour winner that's pretty much a clean slate right
0: He's the most recent one I can th- him and Cadell. I can think of being the only two that haven't had any question marks that I can think of off the top of okay. my head. Everybody else, everybody else close to the podium so, has had things.
2: So maybe Bjarne Reese is just getting a bad rap. Yeah, he has be. the well. He yeah.
0: definitely did that whole doping to win the tour thing in 1996. So he's admitted yeah, but, that. You
2: know, that was just leveling the playing. Yeah,
0: thing. I mean, we all did a lot of dodgy stuff in 1996
2: yeah what were you doing in 1996
0: little guy uh what grade was i
2: <laughs> i don't know how old I'm trying was of I? Thinking what dodgy stuff i was doing i'm pretty sure i stole the answers to a chemistry test yeah yeah so it would have been in like 10th grade
0: it was 96 when i was in traveling basketball i got kicked out of a lot of basketball games for cursing and at the refs <laughs> and stuff like that spencer so.
2: 1996 did you uh do anything dodgy I'm pretty sure I did.
1: I was a, I senior, a senior in high school there, and I graduated in 96. so Oh, yeah. Sure. I would have been uh, sc- scumming around with all the scummy punk rock kids in yeah. uptown uptown um, getting into trouble, I'm sure. Oh,
2: man. So, Zwift Tour for All is happening. Um, lots of events, obviously, happening there. Since this is not a Zwift podcast, yeah, <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about it that much. I mean, <laughs> because yeah. There's clearly bigger and more exciting news, yeah. including ASO's continued gaslighting of the entire <laughs> cycling fandom <laughs> by their announcement that they're going to have a women's Paris-Roubaix. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. ASO just way to capture some positive news in the news yeah. cycle. What's going to happen when that date comes? And they're like, well, guess we can't put it on. <laughs> and we're not going to do it next year because there's just too much cycling going on. Yeah.
0: What? What a bu- I don't know, what a bunch like, of jerks. I mean, it's I great if it happens, it. but but
2: yeah. I absolutely want this to happen. Yeah. And I would love in my heart of hearts that this to happen. But isn't it convenient that they finally announce a race that really is the Women's Monument? It's leading into possibly a Women's Tour to France. There's all these great nuggets happening coming mm-hmm. out of the ASO right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're also the type of organization that's going to Promote a race that's going to cause thousands of humans to huddle into the small confines of a finishing straight line.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, I I love the uh, the idea of the Perry Roubaix for women. Uh, it's long, long overdue. Uh, I think it would be an amazing event. We've got such a strong peloton right now, but it it is not necessarily set up for success uh being jammed into this calendar the way that it is, which I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really a double-edged sword there. So, like, you want to be happy about it, but you're like, it makes it pretty easy to cancel and not feel bad about and then sort of be like,
2: oh, well, we tried. And, so uh, the the news I have seen that came across both Twitter and that I did see on Cycling Tips was that Anna Vanderbregen yeah. was going to retire in 2021 and Chantel Block mm-hmm. Twenty twenty two?
0: Yeah, surprise. You guys surprised so
2: Marianne Voss playing the long game here. <laughs> love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. So that by the time professional women's professional racing gets the respect it deserves in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five, Marianne Voss will will still be at the top. It's a shame that VanderBregen would be leaving before we see the full Paris Roubaix.
0: Yeah. I am mean, kind of surprised, but it's I mean it's a long play. It's not like they're getting forced out or they're not you know, some of the best. So it must be what they want. But it's a little surprising, especially because in women's, there's so many more riders that have had ride for longer or well, even start later, you know.
2: Do you think maybe it has to do that they're not getting paid what they are deserved? So oh, yeah, at definitely. Some point it comes down to like, hey, I am at like prime earning wage life in both the private and bike racing sector. That uh, I need to go nope. somewhere. I mean, it, they both said they want to stay in cycling,
0: but... though. They both say they want to become directors in the team and stuff, and like trainers. Like, how much? How much more are they going to make in that?
2: Yeah, very, very true. I don't know. But, well, some of the other things that uh, I did want to get to with you guys um, <laughs> prior, before we get into, um, you know, we got a gross point crank later in the show. Oh. got some great listener emails. We'll talk to you at the end of the. Um, Break, but since this is right around time of the DK, um, the originally scheduled DK, no. oh, also man. Sea Otter was a couple God, of weeks ago. Thank
1: you for reminding me about uh, Dirty cans I need to cancel a couple of scheduled tweets here. <laughs> I have uh,
0: Some <laughs> excuses. Guys, Like I mean, I've, I'm checking my own form. Form check quick. Whoa. It would have been bad. I'm way off. There's no way. I would have been
2: okay. I guarantee I would have been fine.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't know if would've, I would have
2: been fine yeah. toting around 170 pounds Spencer on the back <laughs> of a tandem. Fine, but I would have been all right.
1: Tim, you'd be, you would have been thrilled if I showed up at 170 pounds.
0: So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been some serious. That was not even. Super I am fast weighing in the, the seri-
2: lightest that I have been in about a year and a half. Um, so things are things are getting better. That said. It is that time when the companies are releasing their new oh, product. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wahoo has already like done everything with Zwift. So they're like, hey, here's our new heart rate strap. Cool. Is I it
1: guess. Uh, gravel sp- specific at
2: all, Tim? That heart rate strap? I, I don't know. I didn't read the full oh, press okay. release. Yeah. I just saw Peter Stetna have a little video on it. Oh, I'll well, like, there hey, you I go. I forgot about that, guys. <laughs> like, what a year to choose to go to gravel. Cycle. Yeah. I can't wait to see him crush races. Like honestly, I I love the privateer aspect. I'm stoked that he's partnering for it. But when I saw the video of him with that new heart rate strap, I was like, "Man, what a like just crap luck for someone to go out on their own to have a great sponsor that's putting it out and then Yeah. So supposedly the heart rate strap does like a uh, like it automatically records all of your events and then Upload so you don't need to have a device to pair with it. So you mm. can basically go run or ride. So it's
1: like a, uh Garmin. it's having a Garmin 520 strapped to
2: your chest. Yeah, which I checked with my um device that's in my heart because I had a stroke. I don't know if I told you guys <laughs> <I> that <heard laughs> probably not that. a good probably not <laughs> a should... good idea. Um, but anyways, I the other product that came out was specialized released some new bikes, the Diverge, the Gravel series. Uh-huh. Of note though, was the flat bar diverge. And instantly I was like, man, I wonder if little guy saw this. No. Cuz I guarantee little guy's going to go, "Wait, isn't that just a mountain bike from 1996?" <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it is. I, everything comes full circle and kind of blends this, together.
2: This gets me to the the real point here. Guys, why is it taking so long for almost like a, a the flat bar to come out from a top level bike model right so we have canyon that's come out with the duplex Mm -hmm. we have um trek that has you know their checkpoint series and all of the gravel bikes that are out there along with uh you know factor open i mean there's a ton of these things Mm cervello but why did it take so long for a flat bar mountain bike which really why do you need drops on gravel hand positions man hand positions but don't you get i like Put a little something called bar end on the end of the <laughs> the gravel flat yeah, bars. Yeah, man. I uh-huh. mean, honestly. I got like, four
0: pairs. If anyone's buying, if anyone's drinking this Kool-Aid that Tim's got, I need to make a little money.
2: No, but I, I'm 100% <laughs> serious on this because when I go mountain biking, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's on double track. Yeah. Uh, Schwamigan was all on double track. Mm-hmm. We are totally fine on flat bars. Yep. Convince me why I'm wrong that you need to have drop bars.
0: Well, I did schwamgen on drop bars, um, so convince <laughs> me why it <laughs> wasn't the drop bars' fault.
1: <laughs> seems like maybe you had a lot of weight on that front wheel, because
0: <laughs> yeah. you had a few flats. You know, drop bars or no drop bars, rim strips, they're important. Mm. It's a little PSA okay. from me to
2: you. But why would, like, honestly, like, let's go into this, like, what it seems to me like a flat bar, like, this is going to be like the reverse revolution that most people are going to go like, you know what? I can just bring a rigid mountain bike and be totally fine on these rides. Yeah. I bet there's going to be a lot of that. I mean, cause you probably have a hell of a lot less flats if you're running some continental, well, you know, see, cross here, kings, right? here's the thing
1: is mountain bikes used to be just kind of tanks, right? Like they were just heavy. Um, there wasn't any, racy kind of stuff, or if there was, it was not going to be in your price range if you just wanted to build up a second bike for graveling around on. And you could get your hands pretty easily on some secondhand touring bikes or then cycle cross bikes after that. And they were pretty, pretty well suited to the terrain. Maybe not perfect, but uh, I feel like that's just sort of the aesthetic that gravel grew into was sort of this 33, 35 mil tire. And it was like, oh, the rolling resistance on a mountain bike's no good. And they're they're heavy if you want to get an old hardtail or whatever. But now, now we've moved into the world of 650B and, you know, uh, 45C tires on your gravel bike. And the two have moved so close together that I think there isn't a reason, really, to buy a gravel bike. You may as well just buy a really uh, high-end hardtail mountain bike uh, and put some skinny tires on it.
2: Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So I think you're with me, Spencer. Yeah. Because you can also get, like, I mean, the the mountain bike groups are just fine. I guess I just, wouldn't you want a more heavy-duty tire setup?
0: No, never. That fits a bike? Never, man.
2: Then cramming it into like some oh it's a repurposed cross bike with just a little bit wider yeah
0: I, f- I feel like um
1: gravel went through this thing uh th- like i'm gonna call it and I'm'm I'm, I'm roll with me on this because I'm just kind of formulating this theory right yeah, now but yeah, I'm gonna call this yeah. cycle cross syndrome where okay. you feel the desperate need uh-huh. to use the wrong equipment uh-huh, for so the me application that you're trying to do, whether it is the wrong, uh, style of bike altogether, whether it is cantilever brakes, whether it is tubular tires, whatever it is, you are trying to force this issue, uh, you know, and, and make, make yourself, uh, do well, despite, uh, uh, your best efforts. And I feel like gravel was trying to do that. And has finally been like, Hey, wait, wait a minute. Why don't we just, you know, Get a get a nice uh, flat bar here.
0: I, I'm fine with you know whatever the position, but I I am uh, whatever kind of hand position you want. But I, I I diverge with you, Tim, on the tire thing. You don't know, want heavy duty tires, man. Tires are like oh, you
2: diverge.
0: Yes, I diverge. Yes, you like that. Uh, I'm look
1: just who's saying it's in the pocket of big red s <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: wow. It'd be nice if they lined that pocket um, with something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you would. You, what I want to say is, t- tires, tires make the biggest difference. People are going to start riding big, chunky, heavy ass, terrible mountain bike tires on gravel bike. That's when they're going to notice it. It's not the bike's fault. It's not going to be the flat bars fault. It's going to be yeah.
2: But you can easily get a forty centimeter on a mountain bike, right, little guy?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, sure.
2: Which, but then you have to stuff that onto a gravel bike, and then you have the curve, the curly handlebars. Part of the- where you're probably going to be riding on your drops on top of your drops the entire time or if you have a can like the only bike that gets away with the canyon because there's so many hand positions well part of the thing is like
0: mountain bikes even if you're gonna buy a hardtail mountain bike now like mountain bikes are just getting slacker and slacker and gravel bikes are are not you know they're just it's more of a road road bike cross bike geometry with some steeper angles
2: you know the wider bars will give you more leverage climbing some of the big hills i mean it just so, what what bike do you think is more
1: surprising as a gravel bike? Which one is more offensive to you? Uh, and I'll put this out to both of you guys: the uh, the new flat bar diverge or the uh, evil gravel bike that came out a f- few weeks ago, a month uh, ago. Yeah, have yeah.
2: you guys seen this? All the jam. The evil is way way more offensive because it is so <laughs> slack, right? Like it,
1: but it but, does have drop bars. It's funny that the yeah. mountain bike company came out with yeah. the. Dro- drop bar well, travel bike. They're no, all
0: mean uh, in the middle, man. One's got to go one way, one the other way. Uh,
2: <laughs> that yeah, one yeah, looks safe. terrible out. to ride. I'll listen to that. Uh, hey, Amanda. I know you're Amanda Nauman, the, one of the co-hosts of the Wide Angle Podium uh, show, The Grodio. She's been doing a great job of covering all of this. I would love to know why drop bars are what... Is it just because that's what the sponsors tell us to do? Or is there an actual reason? Um, because... I'm of the thought that all it's going to take is Jeff Kabush to win one of these gravel events <laughs> on a flat bar mountain bike. And everyone's uh, going to be like, oh, remember when Kabush really could crush it back in the you know late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, and was the best around when he was on a flat bar mountain bike? Well, guess who's back on a flat bar mountain bike?
0: But Tim, do mm. you really want to do 100 plus miles with basically one hand position?
2: That's why you have bar ends, little guy. Like that. that <laughs> seriously, think about Iceman Cometh. I want to do that event, okay. right? For most, the second biggest what, mountain bike event in the country. Second biggest so after that's Schwamigan. What they say. The, why would you, everyone doing, pay, you know, Payson McAvaney or whatever, the national mountain bike marathon Nailed champion, it. shows yeah. up Schwamigan and yeah. crushes
0: Okay. It. Bar ends? Or is he doing like little like sp- sp- spinacchis? Is that what they were called? I
2: don't know. A hey, hey, Kabush. Got a quick question <laughs> for you. If someone has aero bars, but it's on a mountain bike, are you okay with that?
1: I feel like he'd be okay with it.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Hmm. Well, anyways, guys, you know who we should check in with? Oh, yeah. Our Monica, oh, sorry, our Slovenian correspondent, <laughs> Michael Matthews. He's going to tell us all about his Zwift experience this past week, losing to Louis Mentis.
1: Oh, remember and uh yeah enjoy your
2: slow ride podcast hey everybody i'd like to thank you for listening to the slow ride podcast a member of the wide angle podium network head on over to wideanglepodium.com to check out our family of shows spencer you just did a fantastic redesign of the entire website major shout out and we have some great new shows but to top it off no training wheels mm-hmm. from friend of the podcast Rob Kelly has its own feed in the, wherever you get your podcast, whatever podcatcher you're using. Just look for no training wheels. He has been doing some fantastic work, really concentrating on criterium racing here in the U.S. Check it out along with the rest of the wide angle podium shows. You can't go wrong with no training wheels or the Gradio, the Gravel Lot, the consummate athlete. Bike Shop CX, and of course, Cyclocross Radio and USA Communique. There are so many awesome shows on the network. Check that's a out.
1: That's a hell of a lineup, Tim. Yeah. Uh, you just rolled yeah. through. That's a lot of quality uh, content.
2: And I am absolutely fearful right now that I have forgotten someone <laughs> because we have so many great shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Little Guy and I just relaunch the review podcast spencer we can't wait to have you on with some of the great product that you're also now riding uh, out on the road so check it out at the wideanglepodium.com um that's where i wanted to start this pre lap there's some great stuff out there yep. Indeed. we'd also like to thank our good friends at works for the hydro shot power cleaner yes. hands down the best Power washer, power cleaner, whatever you want to use on your bike. This thing hits at just the right amount of PSI. It's not going to blow out your bearings. I have the cleanest bikes in town because I have been staying at home doing nothing except washing <laughs> my bikes with mm-hmm. the Hydro Shot because it keeps my two and a half year old entertained. Yep. It's They're the best squirt gun in town.
1: Extremely versatile and useful, the Hydro Shot. I, we have one and uh, my wife was using it uh, as to clean up some art project she was doing uh, out in the driveway. And it was like, Oh, why don't you just use this? She was, she was going to ask um, the landlord if they could go turn on the water and get the hose out. Cause you know, we're just out of winter now. And like this whole big production, I was like, well, just use the hydro shot and psh, done yep. like easy peasy, lightweight, throw the battery on there. It's, it's got so many uses, um, and- but the best one, it's keeping the bike clean.
2: It's I keeping the bike clean. And we'll tell you now, they've been a long term sponsor. Head to yourcleanbike.com. Mm-hmm. To use the promo code gear up and save 15% on your next purchase. And then when you do that, send us a tweet. Do whatever you want. Send us an Instagram DM at the slow ride pod. But go to go to yourcleanbike.com. Use the promo code gear up. Shout out to friend of the pod, Johnny Hanel, who just last week bought his very own HydroShot power cleaner. Uh, we nice. love it. Oh, they're so fun. Indeed. Awesome. Well, dudes, let's get back to the show.
0: I'm Joe Dombrowski from Cannondale Drop Pack, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast.
2: All right, guys, we are back. We have gotten some great emails over the last week or two. I think it is just time that we pop open that mailbox and we do our best to help the listeners of Slow Ride Podcast. And if you have questions, you can always email us at slowridepod at gmail.com or you can hashtag AskSlowRide on Twitter or Instagram and we will definitely check it out. So let's get right to it. The first one I do want to uh, um, give a shout out is to friend of the pod, Leo Black Label. Okay. Oh, Leo, we have known you for so long, Mm -hmm. and never have I been more disappointed in my life than when you (laughs) showed up from New York and Minneapolis and you won the yellow bag, (laughs) and you signed it in our messenger racing days in about 2004, 2005. He took the shortcut down Washington Ave to that Grumpy's. On downtown, mm-hmm. where I took 6th Street and got stuck on some lights. So, ooh, I'm so mad. But cool. dear Slow Ride, Leo writes, I am in the grip of an existential crisis and I know you can help. As a retired elite Cat 3 Masters racer, I am confused what my motivation is and what it means that I still think of myself as a bike racer. Mm. I haven't bought an annual USA Cycling license since my second child arrived and she's about to turn three. I've showed up for one or two races a year and bought a one-day license. By the way, did you know a one-day USA cycling license costs 25 freaking dollars if you're not a Cat5, plus whatever your $30 entry fee is? But that's a rant for another day. Here's the rub. I've tried to loosen up and embrace the bike dad, hashtag bike dad lifestyle. I bought a bullet cargo bike and a surly fat bike. My legs got hairy and I grew a beard. It's all good, except the legs. Every time I look down and see my woolly knees and cal- calves, it burns me, bums me out. I feel like a dork. I've tried to pretend like I don't give an F, like Peter Sagan a few years ago when he just showed up hairy and rode like a beast. But I'm no Peter Sagan. So I guess my question is, if I'm only racing the occasional gravel ride or stravel segment these days... A, can I still shave my legs? Or B, should I? Thanks, guys. Leo in Minneapolis. This is a great email. This is mm -hmm. layers. Everybody else that emailed us, good luck catching up to Leo here.
1: This is like an onion. Uh, We have to peel back several layers here to really get to the meat of the thing. And I I think like an onion, somebody here will probably be in tears by the time we're
2: done. (laughs) It's a little close (laughs) to home. (laughs) <laughs> so Spencer, do you want to start with this one?
1: Uh well, where
2: should we start? I guess is is the first question. um so should he or can he still shave his legs even though he's no longer racing?
1: Well, he does race him.
2: He well, says he, he races one strata. or two
1: times a year, <laughs> but he has not taken out a license. so I I would argue, do we associate having a a racing license as license to shave your legs? Or can you do that? Are the two not connected?
2: Mm. Well, I would say this. I mean, I'll get right to the question and answer, Spencer, is that absolutely still shave your legs because you look like a dork if you're wearing spandex and you've got hairy legs. That would be the first thing I say.
0: Yeah, you know, what, what makes you feel fast? It's about
2: feeling fast, Leo. It's also about looking good. I'm in the same boat, and and feeling good about yourself. There's nothing better than a fresh shaved <laughs> pair of legs and slipping those into some jeans. <laughs> okay, now, now it's I know Leo's some... probably in some yeah. cut off black jeans from his old uh, black label bike club days, but uh, you know, it just some days it just it just feels good to have some shaved legs, man. Just do it. And what better way to. I mean, I, I tell you why shaving legs is important. I'll, I'll come out and say it, guys. Okay. It's how I profile people. 100% how I profile people. If I'm out at a, um, well, I guess when I would go to a bar or when I would go out in public and see people yeah. Mm-hmm. and someone was like, oh, I ride bikes, I'd look at them, I'd look straight down below <laughs> their waist. It may be a little awkward for them, yeah, maybe, but I yeah. would look down and I would see if their legs were shaved or not. Hmm. If they were shaved, I'd be like, All right, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Oh, wow. If they if they if they had hairy legs, I'd say like, Oh, do you shop at Performance?
0: <laughs> and they what do you what do you do if hey. they say Nash Bar?
2: I'd say uh unfortunately they're out of business. <laughs> same deal. So Tim well, I guess all of us, but I already know the
1: answer for little guy. So um we all started racing bikes around the same time when did you feel comfortable shaving the legs the first time? Was was this like night before the first big race or was this like first time you did a 40 mile ride and you were like, "Oh boy."
2: It was maybe the it was when we were racing the velodrome and I crashed and I didn't get any of the splinters, but I I was starting to get scabbed over and then I was like, Oh, and someone was like, oh, yeah, that's why you shave your legs is to heal faster. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's probably, I do remember, though, that cult. as you guys know, Sarah and I have been together for, <laughs> what's this, 18 years? You know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So remember how we dated for about a year and then we took the hiatus for about four months? Mm-hmm. During that time is when I was shaving my legs for the first time and I would call Sarah for advice on how to do it. <laughs> and I remember the disdain in her voice, just going like, well, no, you just take a regular rate. Like, she wasn't telling me like, oh, shear it first. Yeah. You want know, to take the clippers? It's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like a sheep. You know, you got to yeah. like cut it down. Um, she was very... Uh, yeah, yeah. Enjoyed that fact. And ever since then, I've been sharing, shaving my legs because I'm so afraid of the uh, the super wookie that will come out if, yeah, uh, so, if I let yeah. my hair grow too long. Oh,
1: I feel like, um, I feel like the answer for Leo here then is somewhere in between being a Wookiee and being a cat one roadie shave. Like maybe you just take the electric trimmer, (laughs) but you don't have the guard on it. You know, like it's as, it's as close to shaved as possible, but you didn't take a razor to it, you know? Like, so if somebody does the old Tim profile Uh, on you you're going to pass, but you're not really going all in. Wait, are you, Spencer, are you shaving your legs anymore?
0: That's as close as I've gotten this year.
1: I will, uh, I, I usually come out about <laughs> once a year yeah. and go full in, um, but uh, most of the time I'm employing <laughs> this very same tactic.
2: Wow. So you guys are both doing the, uh, the yeah, hair clippers. I saying, I'm, I'm the only one I'm that's, too- I mean, then again, I am the only well, one that's pushing 5,000 feet of elevation on a climb. Or on a you know a date or on a yeah ride.
0: you're the so, only one doing the real roadie thing, yeah you you're doing the roadie group ride thing like before the quarantine man you know I'm 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 not maybe some solo rides maybe a couple cross races but so just, I'm, I'm with Spencer just give just him so, a little trim it's just so disappointed uh, you I want to look. It- yeah. I want to look like kind of like my cars. I want to look good from ten feet. You get up close, you notice all the bondo <laughs> on my legs and the rust spots. But yeah. from far away, you're like, "That's a good looking pair of legs."
1: Ooh,
0: little little iffy when you get up close. Oh, those aren't yeah. those aren't like sculpted muscles. Those are just bruises.
2: <laughs> well, Leo, I hope we helped you well, by you guys not know answering that, uh- a question except me taking an actual stand. <laughs> right. Shave your legs, Leo
0: leo if i'll we'll run into each other sometime soon, and I'll have hair legs too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Rodrigo Silva right. hits us up with the subject Cadell Evans' baboon, baboon butt guys, oh, look at this travesty Cadell <laughs> ruining the always epic my pay kit an embarrassment to the maglia Rosa with a pink chamois. I mean, look at it. it looks like one of those pink monkey butts yeah. on the nature shows on Net Geo. And Rodrigo included a wonderful photo. I'm going to put it up on our Instagram page so you can check it out there. Um, It is a Cadell Evans in a Mapei pink jersey kind of – like he's in the pink jersey, but he's got the pink shorts. And the way the chamois looks, it definitely looks like a little out of place. Have you guys seen the photo? Uh, Yeah. Uh, It is kind of a (laughs) – (laughs) Kind of a travesty.
0: I've seen the photo. It (laughs) It is funny. It doesn't look like a monkey butt.
2: Brian uh, Stranick hits us up. Hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast and love them. Keep the content coming. On episode 296, you mentioned the old Detroit Velodrome, which is in the Doré. This one is not used for cycling and in bad shape. I know. It's basically (laughs) where they film Mad Max. I've seen photos of it, uh, uh, Brian. It it is horrible. However, there is a new Lexus Velodrome, which opened in 2018. This place draws quite the crowds during weekend races, usually a packed house. Check it out. I do. I am familiar with the Lexus Velodrome. Um, have you guys seen any of the racing uh, that they stream on TV by any chance? No, I haven't seen it. So I've watched it um, a couple yeah. times. They do a lot, a lot of that like Madison uh, racing, but it's a 200-meter velodrome, so it is yeah. scary as all get out. It might even be 188 meters. Uh, that's for all super scary.
1: It looks awesome. It, it, it's an exciting thing for Detroit. I uh, I pretty much consistently forget that it's there, um, like we did last week. Um, but uh, I was supposed to go to Detroit a year ago, two years ago, or something, and I was it was on my agenda to go check it out. Um, so hopefully one day I will make it out there.
2: I will say like on all of the I have gotten down the Wikipedia type uh, rabbit holes on velodromes in the US where like you you hear about velodromes that oh you know there's a velodrome outside St Louis surprise St. Louis got rid of it you know um, there's a velodrome in Baton Rouge where you go to it and now it's like an RC uh radio like race control cars use it. Mm. Obviously, there's a Cassina Velodrome out in uh, Queens. Okay. That's a classic. Northbrook in Illinois was also a classic, which at one time was designed to be a speed skating oval, so it's 483 meters or whatever. Oof. There's so many of these crazy velodromes. Uh, the one down in Miami, Brian Piccolo Park, it has an inline skating velodrome on the inside, so it's almost like two ovals. So you can do like inline skating track racing. Huh. It's insane. Huh. So, Anyways, there's some...
0: Well, they built like a 4 billion dollar stadium in Minnesota back in the 80s for inline skating, and they put like a football field in the
2: middle. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The the vetro, the Metrodome's uh um,
0: that's it's a right. little nugget for all you uh yeah. <laughs>
2: what did they used to call Roller it? Dome, man? Roller Dome. Roller that's dome. Right. Um we also got another email here from uh Stephen. In it, listening to episode 268 again, Stephen can't put his finger on it but there's a possible cycling Illuminati theory in the works. Gage Hecht, Quinn Simmons, Bling Matthews.
1: Okay. Where's he going with this?
2: I don't know. He left us there. And now I'm wondering, you know, is this the QAnon theory of uh, cycling? I don't know. Uh I don't know where to take that, Stephen. You're going to have to give us some more answers. Yeah.
0: I don't see it yet, but, uh, yeah, we need more clues.
2: Well, guys, uh, let's get into, we did get a review, uh, once again, thanks to everybody that goes to iTunes to give us a review. This one comes from Velostein. Five stars, always a hoot. Knowledgeable guys who've been around a long time and seen it all. Never takes itself too seriously. Witty snark, but with a good natured take that's super amusing. I listened to the podcast while doing physical therapy exercises, recovering <laughs> from back surgery, and it always makes me laugh out loud. Going back now to the early catalog episode oh, no. 31 and counting keep up the humor guys we need it now more than ever well thank you stop Woo. listening now uh' th- episode 31 just fast forward to what was it guys episode 200
1: at least yeah, yeah at least so i I uh, an uh, unforeseen um no. issue with this lockdown is that people might have Extra time to go back into that, I'd really do some deep dives into the back catalog of the Slow Ride podcast, and that worries me.
2: It worries me too. <laughs> um, it's a
0: good worry. It could get bad. It could get ugly.
2: Also, got an email this week from Fend of the podcast, Paul Buchanan, who you guys both know, all the way out there in Portland, Oregon. Who, when he lived in Seattle over eighteen months ago, <laughs> was the one that brokered my Klein bike purchase. Remember that. Remember the Klein that, that oh, we yeah, bought? Barely cross country touring bike.
0: Yeah, kind of. Do you? How's it doing?
2: Well, I haven't gotten it yet. Um, friend of the podcast, Paul Buchanan, just sent me the tracking information. Um, this is as much my fault as Paul's. Actually, it's Whoa. way almost all my fault. Um, we just kind of—I didn't okay. really want it. I didn't have room in my garage for a while, so. So like a good friend, I had him store my bike for me. Um, Spencer, do you know anything about having a friend store things for you when you no longer have room for them? Yeah, I feel like it uh, <laughs> sounds familiar. So I will have my first client in possession. Did here you take it anyway. on a
0: cross-country trip?
2: <laughs> so I will have my first client in my possession by the end of the week here, guys. I am absolutely stoked. It is my touring bike. I can't wait to bust it out. And that leads me to a little segment that I would like to call Tim's bucket list. Are you guys ready to play and participate in this segment?
0: Uh, yeah? Sure. Are we how are we helping you if you're just I naming up bucket
2: lists? Well, I know I just sprung this on you, but I just thought of this about 10 minutes before the podcast <laughs> went on because I was looking at pictures of this bike that Paul is sending to me. And I was like, that bike is amazing. So now I have a touring bike. I have a kick ass gravel cyclocross ask bike I have a mountain bike I have all types of bikes now clearly I need more but I do have bikes for the ability to get a bike for certain purchases yeah. so I have decided to actually make a bucket list because as I'm living in this pandemic time along with you guys I miss nothing more than group riding and mm-hmm. I want to actually make an effort with you guys to join up and do certain events during the course of the year and to invite the listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast. So it's going to be kind of my bucket list and how we can get people to come to do these events. Now, Spencer, mm-hmm. when I was thinking this, to be completely transparent, I had forgotten that you were actually riding your bike again for the Everest Challenge. So I will find a way to challenge you to do these events so you will come <laughs> ride them with us. Because I thought for a while this bucket list would maybe only little guy would would show up with his podium bucket. So I want to create a list of <laughs> it, events that we will be doing over the next few years together.
1: If this list is all bike touring, I can, it is sir, not. I can, I can promise you I won't be there. It is not. Okay. The
2: only okay. bike touring that I am going to do and invite people to will be the Natchez Trace in Mississippi to Nashville. I think it looks awesome. It's a national parkway, 444 miles. I think it would be killer. I think, I. you know, little guy, I know you're down. Yeah. Thank you for nope. sounding very into this. I'm area. down though. I'll give a I'll give a
0: art tour in the middle in Jackson. Okay. No, I'm I'm super into it. There's the there's there's a the, in Jackson there's a painting of my great grandpa in a museum
2: where you can go see that. Nice. We can we'll definitely do that. Spencer, I hope you'll be there not counting on it. This is the one on the podium bucket on <laughs> on my bucket list. I'll let you get away with.
0: Do
1: we each get one? Does the little guy get one that he gets to uh Well, that's take what I'm saying. On?
2: Like I think let's <laughs> let's make this list. Let's see if there's okay. events right. that we know of without well, doing any research that we want to do collectively. Okay. We've done Shawamigan what, together.
0: What's on your list?
2: Nanchez Trace bike touring. Yeah.
0: Shawamigan okay. was kind of my first my start in this. I,
2: I think it would be a lot of fun to do the Nanchez Trace. Spencer, do you have anything that you want to add to your list?
0: Uh, I'd like
1: to. No, I don't know. I need to uh, have a little more time to think about this because literally all that's popping into my head right now is going to do some uh, triathlon training rides up the volcano in uh, uh, Hawaii like Tom Danielson. Uh, I feel like I've been reading his training book and uh, that's about all I can wrap my head around that's, right uh, now.
2: That's some good inspiration. I love it. Um, a dispenser, you brought us all to the Kingdom Trails in Vermont. That was a, a lifetime yep. event. I would love to go back. I don't yep. know if I'm going to go back because there's so much other great riding that I want to mm-hmm. do because I'm realizing now, being here stuck in the house with my awesome family, yep. that there's a lot more riding out there. Little guy, you and I have talked about riding from the <laughs> Twin Cities to Duluth in one day. I want to do that.
0: Yeah, I'll do that.
2: So another event that I want to do is going to be Iceman Cometh. I absolutely want to do Iceman Cometh at some point. Okay. Do you guys want to come with me?
0: When When is it again? I assume it's icy. You're really helping me out here, little guy. Well, well, I mean... Uh, it's a mountain bike de- sure. race in Michigan. I Google it if you don't know, know what it is. I, I know it's a mountain bike race. It's I know cold. it's in Michigan.
2: Jeff Kabush it's... wins it all the time. Yeah. And it's the largest mountain bike race in the country.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do
2: it. Spencer, are you in? I'm down.
0: Uh, I
1: I don't know. <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing Schwamigan. I thought Schwamigan for as painful as it was for as bad of a a time as I had for the last few miles, which I have repressed the memories of, um, I I would do Schwamigan (laughs) again. I don't know if I want to go and do another, uh, you know, second tier, uh, to Schwamigan, uh, Schwamigan style race. So I could be convinced maybe, but I, uh, you know, right now, I would I would uh, put Schwamigan still on my bucket list even though I've done it once.
0: Okay, yeah, I'd like to have a proper go.
2: The next one clearly is DK because we're going to do DK at some point. We're going to do DK. I I want to do DK. I'm I'm thinking probably only once. So Spencer, you and I will talk about this tandem thing because I got to do it <laughs> serious. Um, so I want the tandem on the podium there at DK. So. Then I'm thinking that there's got to be other cool bike events around the country that we can go to, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I know that when I lived in northern Michigan, in Marquette, there was the Orta Shore mountain bike race, which I've heard great things about. It's like a 30-mile mountain bike race from Ishpeming to downtown Marquette, Mm -hmm. Michigan. It seemed awesome. I think it's mostly two single tracks, so it's probably too technical for me, so probably not going to do a race like that, but there's got to be other cool events. So... I just want you guys to think about it. I'm open for suggestions, but I think it would be really cool that maybe once, twice a year, we go into to an event, we check it out. We'll come out. We'll do maybe like a a live podcast or something. We did it at a World Championships. I'm sure we can find enough other bozos that want to listen to us at a you know a country music bar, and uh, let's have some fun. Do you think uh, is there any sort of fondo or or something associated with the Japan Cup?
1: Oh
0: there probably God. is. That would be that would be
2: super sweet. <laughs> I would I would go to the Japan Cup in a heartbeat. Here's the caveat: they'd probably have to pay for our travel.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be super pricey.
2: I just think now's the time to come up with this little guy. What do you got? You got any events you want to do? Uh, or, or rides? Like you know? Do you want to go do some bike packing? Oh,
0: I do some bike packing. It feels like it'd be hard to get you guys really really out into the bush, especially Spencer. Uh, I know he doesn't want to do it. <laughs>
2: <Uh-oh>. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there you go, guys. That's all I've got. You know, I would put
1: on my bucket list, uh, even though I've, again, I've been there a couple times, but I have not been there with the both of you is just like a, a good, uh, similar to the kingdom trails trip, I guess, but, uh, a good mountain bike trip. I'm thinking Moab or maybe even like a, a BC, like Whistler kind of area, some iconic mountain bike area because I think we're all pretty bad at mountain biking. <laughs> and so it would be just sort of a, a good time because I feel like if we did some sort of century, you know, whatever road ride, eh, we would just be beating each other up the whole time and not able to just uh, chit chat and uh, trash talk each other as much as, uh, as we would hope for.
2: Well, I've talked about, and one of the reasons I came up with this is I love reading Adventure Cycling Magazine from the ACA. And uh-huh. I just got the the May edition, and in the past couple of editions, they've been talking about the Northwest Arkansas high gravel country ride basically, it's like a twelve hundred mile loop of gravel roads and network around Bentonville and Fayetteville, which uh-huh. obviously everyone uh-huh. is going to ride now. I just think it'd be really cool like that one you don't even need a bike pack on, right like you can position yourself yep. in the middle of the trail and do easily go do little like hundred mile loops. Yeah. Or something and it could be fun. I do hear you. I, I do think a Moab trip would be fantastic. Um go anywhere across this country of ours to go ride. But I, I yeah. if anybody has any events, um, we will go to any of them as long as they're not in eastern Missouri. Um just give us a give us a shout if there's something that we need to uh, check out um to do an event once we get out of this quarantine, because I think it's definitely something uh, collectively we want to get out on our bikes yes. and have some fun. All right. So with that oh is it time I think we got to get into gross point crank
1: we took a week off and uh I don't know if little guy's gonna give us like a recap uh (laughs) ahead of the episode or anything but I just uh, all I remember is leaving confused
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was leaving a little confused but then we got the um
0: let's see if this clears it up though
2: I'll clear it up (laughs)
0: It was a long and furry flight from Switzerland, and by the time LBS landed in Detroit, he had acquired a hairball the size of a first-generation power tap hub. He coughed his way through customs and finally got it out while waiting in line for his rental bike.
1: Uh, at least those toe clips are paying all the expenses. Though I still don't know why that flight showed the movie Cats so many times.
0: He'd asked for a bike with SPDs, but when they wheeled it out, it had toe
1: clips. Ugh, figures. Should have known they'd have minders watching me.
0: Didn't really matter, though. He was in no hurry to get this job done. Plus, he had a pair of power grips he'd swap on later once he got to his old shop. He still hadn't looked to see what shop those toe clips had him taken out. He didn't want to know. He felt someone washing him.
1: Hello, performance. Why are you hiding behind that potted plant?
0: Hi, hi, LBS. I'm not hiding, just smelling flowers. You know me, always stopping to smell flowers.
1: Look... If this is about me joining your little web store, you can forget about it. I'm LBS, and I'm going to stay in LBS.
0: Sure, sure, LBS. Well, then, uh, what are you doing so far from your shop? Uh,
1: I'll ask you the same question. Um, uh, I'm I'm here in a a job. job. Ah, Look, it's none of your business, Performance. You keep your distance. I don't want any of your scratchy house brands rubbing off on me. I'm just going to back away... And hope to not see you around, P. Uh,
0: You think about the deal, LBS. We've got an unbeatable pricing. You can't hold out forever. On the ride north of town, LBS tuned into a local indie radio station.
1: Love this track. Now to visit the old bike shop and... What? The... It's... It's gone. Replaced with the Jimmy Johns? Oh, no. Where's my old buddy, uh, Trek Cirrus? Hey, John. Is there a a Trek working here? What up, bro? You mean old Cirrus? They'll be back any minute. Okay, I can wait. Hey, you, Cirrus. How you been? Hey, and you are...
2: It's me, LPS. You don't remember me? We, we used yeah, to. I know who you are. What brings you around? Got a bike to abandon? Hmm. Uh, sorry about that. It's okay. It was a long time ago. I've had some fresh grease, tires, and cables since then.
1: Yeah, I noticed. I like that seat on you.
2: This old thing. Hey. Don't think you can just coast in here and sweet-talk me. Where you been all these years? You know I was the only bike waiting alone at the Cat 2000 Cat 3 State Championships.
1: I don't know how to explain. I... Well? I, I upgraded. I... I got the call the night before the race. You could have told me. Yeah, you're right. We both knew it was coming. All those people yelling sandbagger... They made me take the Cat Two upgrade to, and to celebrate, my my parents bought me a, a Klein Quantum. I I had my eye on it.
2: Figures. How'd you do that day?
1: Uh, I got dropped on the first lap. It got it got better, but not
2: easier with time. And this Klein you wanted so badly. Where are they now?
1: Hmm. I don't know. Rode them for a few years, and then I went full carbon, like like everybody else. Ha! 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 I've missed you, Cirrus. I, I was young and stupid. I I thought 21s were faster. I didn't realize how much your tire c- clearance and, and rack mounts meant to me. I, I, every time I banged down a gravel road or got crashed
2: out of a snake alley, I, I thought of you. I see you've got all road bike now. How are those disc brakes? Uh, ugly. But, boy, do they work. So, is this why you're in town?
1: Uh, actually, I'm I'm here on business, uh, but maybe maybe you'd like to go to the old 2000 Cat 3 State Championship reunion with me?
2: No, I'm not going. I'd better get back to work. See you around.
1: Oh. Okay, well, see you around, Sirius. <sighs> well, I guess I'll go check Strava before I head to the hotel. What sons are doing clocking KMs?
0: To be continued next time on Gross Point
1: Crank. Oh my God. What a cliffhanger. I did not see that coming
2: at all. No, it was, I tell you, I i can't wait to see where this next episode goes. It was fun talking to the both of you. And with that, I'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. I'd like to thank our friends over at Works for the HydroShot Power Cleaner. Mm -hmm. where you can go to yourcleanbike.com, use the promo code GEARUP to save 15%. I would love to thank the members and the family of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to the brand new wideanglepodium.com to find our wide selection of shows. And this is Tim, currently the Everesting Challenge leader in Orlando, Uh Florida.
0: Well, this is Matt, currently second place. Minneapolis.
1: And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists so see you see out on the virtual road.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride pod.